Amelia, welcome to a very special episode of Power of X-Men featuring Emma Dumont. <laughs> Amelia, Beautiful. I am here with a very sorry you can see you. I already messed up. I already messed up, friends. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, Emma, I don't know if you know this, but here at Power of X-Men, we call everyone Familia. Oh, I love that! That's so sweet! Because we are. You beautiful hello familia <laughs> right now. I love it. how are you doing today i'm fantastic how are you i'm doing much better now that i'm speaking with you i've been so Wait, excited were you doing poorly before was i doing poorly before no but you know what sidebar because i was telling you this before we hit record i am i was going to show you my, my my horrible background again but we have the polaris background oh love her but um, no, we were doing renovations and it's so tough. And then when I was talking to my husband, I was like, let's speak to Emma Dumont tonight. And he was like, who? Oh no, 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 no. He is a huge stan. He says hello. Oh, oh, hello then. Hello back. We're, we'll hang out. We're gonna go for drinks uh, during MutantCon, so. Yes. So Amelia, <laughs> we have Emma Dumont, Polaris on the Kindit, yeah. here on Power. X-Men, Emma, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your time. I'm so excited. Any opportunity to... Wait, can I swear? Or is that... You what can are the swear rules? as much. Okay, I was going to say shoot the shit, but I didn't. I just want to be careful. <laughs> any opportunity to shoot the shit about X-Men or anything mutants is always a good time. Emma, I have to tell you, one of the things that I love about your presence is your energy. And I'm forgetting where I was listening to this, but there's this conversation about people who have large souls and the mm -hmm. responsibility people have with large souls to just make others feel included. And you just make me like anytime I see your videos pop up or when you're having a conversation that's very honest and off the cuff, I just feel part of a larger conversation. So thank you for that. Thank you for who you are. <laughs> I've never had a guest cry. What is wrong with you? <laughs> that's like really sweet. Um, that's so kind. I feel the same about you. What is it? A large soul? I feel you also have a large soul that's like inclusive. And like you said, familia, like we're all part of, you know, a group. We're all part of this family. And I think that's really wonderful. Can I ask, how did Polaris come on your radar initially? <laughs> I think I've always, I always knew that there was a, a third, well, technically a fourth uh, child, I think. Um, but I wasn't like super familiar until I got the call, the mm. call. Deep and um, when we auditioned for the show, I've told this story a million times, so it never gets any less weird. When we audition, when Marvel auditions people for stuff, they tell you literally no information, absolutely nothing. And not even what the powers are. So you like go in and it's just, it's just a random scene from like, it has nothing to do with anything. Nobody knows. And so when I got the call, I was really excited. I didn't even know I was cast as a mutant. I thought I was going to be cast as a human. Um, um, and so when they called me, they were like, blah, blah, uh, here's, you know, your boss on the phone. I was like, great. Hello boss. And they're like, so you're going to play, uh, magneto's daughter i believe is like the first thing that was said and i was like wait what? i got a little confused for a moment and then they were like blurs and i was like oh, 
that's the third one. That's the the youngest. I know yeah. her. I know her. And I immediately like deep dove into everything um, just to like fully immerse myself, learn as much as I could, literally spent that night awake all night because what an honor. And the fact that they knew like Fox and Marvel knew it was an honor because the way I was told was not like you're playing Lorna Dane. It was that you are playing Magneto's daughter, like basically mutant royalty. And we all sort of understood that she was really important. Um, not only like what she does, her message, what she's about, um, representation for, you know, mental health, but also just like, she's a little bit important to like legacy and, you know, there's a little bit of like little mutant royalty in her blood. So yeah, very exciting. Um, uh, I didn't believe it when they told me to be honest. So, okay. I'm sorry. Like, how do you even begin to process that someone on the other end of the phone is like, you're playing Magneto's a daughter like i i don't know my mouth would just drop i would go insane it it did and i don't think i believe i just like i just i don't think i said words maybe for the first five minutes of the phone call <laughs> she's like uh-huh 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 um <laughs> you're like yeah, because, yeah uh -huh. and then in my head i'm like wait then i'm trying to figure out like is she a villain is she a good guy like who is you know like she's I all of it all she's yeah, all, all of it, it. she's all of it and trying to piece all those things together because as an actor, it's just the most exciting. It's the most exciting call you could get. You know, if, if people always ask like, what are your dream role? What's your dream role? I got my dream role and I got to play her and she's a part of my soul forever. So. Well, here's the thing. There is no one out there who could have done Polaris the way you did her. That's Can not I just... true. No, let the gay boy here gush over you. And like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, because you just said it right now. Polaris is a character who's emblematic of royalty, of mental health, of being a villain, being a hero. She is all of that. And you understood it. So well, in that first night, in, in that in that moment, in that call, and very little people, I feel, can metabolize the spectrum of what a character, mm -hmm. a fictional character embodies. And here's the thing. I'm going to be very honest with you. I was a little skeptical about The Gifted when it was first announced. Me too. Then, Are you kidding? <laughs> and then I saw you. And then, really? of course, yeah, no. And then I saw the Stepford Cuckoos. I saw Amy Acker. I saw everyone. And you guys all drove it home. But I, I, I need to give credit where credit is due. Polaris, you as Polaris were the flagship for that series. And no. everyone everyone dms always about you i'm so embarrassed i'm so red um i'm sorry queen i'm sorry i'm sorry popo queen popo queen um no you're amazing you're the it's so yeah. kind i just i i again i'm in a place where i have no words because yeah. your kindness is just so um it's too much i don't deserve it but yeah i um i also loved Polaris was also my favorite character on the gift. So, actually, actually, that's a lie. That's a hundred percent a lie. That's a lie. She is my favorite because she's fun to watch, right? My yeah. favorite character, genuinely, like as an adult human, like living in this country, um, was Agent Jace. Oh yeah. Um, Jace in your face, as we called him. Um, because that's just a lesson we all need to probably think about. That yeah. you know. His storyline just about basically becoming a Nazi, which I wasn't allowed to say while we were doing press for the show. I was asked multiple times to not use the word Nazi mm -hmm. 
I ignored that that advice. <laughs> but um, you know, ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm a little have a hard time following rules. Um, no, but I just think that's really honestly important because we gotta solve this stuff. I mean, yeah. as like Homo sapiens sapiens, like we need to solve like bigotry. All this stuff needs to be like just let's figure it out. Let's cut it off. Let's do it. But yeah, well, Polaris is great too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, listen, here's here's the thing. What again to reiterate why I think you were just perfect for, for the role is that I think you you metabolize the muted metaphor, and we understand how it's applicable in today's world, and we also understand the challenges we face in today's world, and it's it's a scary time out there. And that's why, again, when we were when we were talking before we hit record, your your presence is so important right now, especially in is our it? ex familia. Are you here? Yes. People would just talk. That's it. That's all. I yeah. I feel if people just talk mm -hmm. about what's happening out there and have honest conversations about things for Sorcoano, mi apellido is Flores. And you posted recently about Latinx and it being a term. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know what I mean? These are conversations that need to be happening. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, I, I really do. But what I think happens is I think people get embarrassed, especially white folks. I can speak for us because I am white. Okay, nobody come for me. But I think we get embarrassed or we're nervous to be canceled or we're nervous to say the wrong thing. I, I've come to a point in my life where I've, I've seen it all. I've almost died. I've, you know, I have no more fear, fear of saying the wrong thing. My only fear is not being loving towards others. Yeah. And I think the best way to be loving and protective over others others is to say the hard things ask the hard questions like i i the latinx video i posted for those of you who haven't seen it it was basically questioning like where did the term latinx come from is is does everyone use it like what's going on in the community and this isn't a conversation about me it has nothing to do with me i just wanted to create a space where people from the community could share and um you know what i found is that there really seems to be a big big group of white people trying to tell young um um hispanic americans what terms to use for themselves and i don't know that's just that's just i haven't taken a full big sample of the entire country but so far it kind of seems like there is an issue and it's nobody from the community if that makes sense <laughs> no it, it's 100 percent like makes sense i my 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 dear friend kyle lucia Wu, who just published her first book win me something <gasps> oh wow yes, queen um we've talked at length many many nights in the city back in new york city about latin x and that terminology and how in the spanish language you have the male and female form of things but the, you have a new generation of yeah. latin of Latin youth who don't identify, who just want to have a term that encompasses them. Everyone, and yeah. Everyone. And it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of strength and stuff like that. And yeah. those conversations are just not happening in, in like-minded circles just because there's so much going really? on. So again, when you start bringing up these questions, when you, for me, the way you approach your presence the way I see it is that it, it it really is an IRL superhero. Maybe even how Pol Popo, Queen Popo would be IRL. Because Popo, again, is emblematic of mental health. I don't know how familiar mm -hmm. you are with some of her stories in the comics. Um, well, she definitely has, you know, I'm not going to say that her the depiction of mental the depiction of um, bipolar was accurate in the comics. I'm not going to say that she was not um, 
at times misrepresented you know, especially in those earlier, um, you know, I mean, we've all seen the wedding, you know what I mean? You know what happened? <laughs> oh, wait, sidebar though. Do you know, Demanda Martini, she did uh Polaris um, in the wedding dress. And, oh no, I haven't she, seen this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <gasps> she, she told me to make sure you saw it. Wait, I'm going to have to pull it up for you. Yes, please do. Oh, please do. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So Demanda Martini, shout out to Demanda Martini. She's a cosplayer and drag queen. And we love her so much. We had Chuck Austin, who was a writer for that issue. And we showed him that (gasps) he loved it so much. Um, But it's so funny because when she was doing the Pilar's in the wedding dress, people at, I want to say it was Dragon Con. were We're yelling at her Dragnito. And she turned around. She goes, I'm Pilar's. Like schooling people which was hysterical okay wait that is that is hysterical but also the term dragnito needs to be brought back around that needs to be something i don't know what it needs to be but it needs to be something well if there's someone who can do it it's definitely going to be demanda martini shout out to demanda martini we love you so much queen Um, shout out but I'm gonna have to send it to you afterwards because it's not coming up. Please do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, <laughs> or keep it in. Whatever. We'll keep it in. I could just pretend. Yeah, we'll keep it in. But yeah, I mean that 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 situation where she was left at the altar. I mean, it was it was. By the way, the entire arc there, she survived the genocide of Genosha, and there's this moment in there where Charles, where Xavier goes into her head, and he's here like, oh, Lorna. She goes. It's okay, Xavier. I'm sorry. I get it. I'm not going to hurt anyone. And she takes yeah. ownership. She understands yeah. everything. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I think that that really, what you just said encompasses perfectly what I was saying before about people being afraid to be wrong. Lorna is never afraid to be wrong. She will act. And sometimes she acts in bad ways. Sometimes it's in violence or in anger, but she will always take responsibility. And I think that is the most important thing. I think we could all learn a lesson from Lorna Saladin. <laughs> well, it's all well, it's the ownership. And and that's something by the way, so we do have to to spoil one of our upcoming listener questions. I mean, Pol- Polaris in the comic books recently is sort of I don't depict it with her coffee. Like she, but first coffee kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So Michelle Waffle Otero, who's one of our co-hosts here on Power of X-Men, she wants to know. What is your ideal morning coffee situation? Do you have a latte? Do you have a cold brew? How do you start your morning? Do you even drink coffee? Um, I love this question. I don't really drink that much coffee. I've been trying to drink water. Imagine that. (laughs) Like who? Never met her. Um, (laughs) But when I do drink coffee, it's a black coffee hot with one Splenda. And I believe that's also what Lorna would drink in real life. Have you seen those images with Polaris recently? I have actually. They're really funny. I don't know Where, why I find them so funny. I'm just like <laughs> because she's like literally severe coffee going like this. <laughs> Wait, I have a hilarious story that totally is appropriate apropos to this. Oh my yeah, gosh, let me tell it instead of telling you I have a story. So Skylar Samuels, who played, let me think of all their names. She played Esme, Phoebe, 
Mindy. No, wait, which ones did we have? We had Phoebe, not Mindy. You had Phoebe. Sophie. Did you have Sophie? Sophie, that's right. Sophie, I forget. There are five of them for those of you who don't know. And by her. the way, she was on Scream Queens as well. Oh my gosh, and yes. We loved her on Scream Queens. Skylar is such, oh, we love her and everything. She is like the best person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Genuinely, like such a good person. She like, I was like struggling with mental health and she like took me to meditation classes and I like, she's so sweet. I love her. Um, but she, uh, she, there was a scene where her and I got in like a little tiff because we both wanted to be drinking coffee in the scene. Not a real tip, but like it was, just, it was just like really funny because we had both told the, asked the director, I think at the same time. And I think this, I forget what happened. Either they didn't let either of us have coffee or we do both have coffee. I don't remember which one it was, but it was really funny. We were both like, we really feel like our characters would be drinking coffee in this scene. Anyway, but then it was, then it, I guess it was too many coffee cups. I have no idea. How it can was, one... It was hilarious. Wait, I'm sorry. How does one have too many coffee cups? I'm not sure. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to be real. When you're an actor, there are a lot of made up rules that you have to follow for no reason. Like I remember in season two, when I did the labor scene, she has a baby. If you guys haven't seen it, my character had a baby and (laughs) it's pretty, it's pretty dramatic. And they wanted uh, Percy who played Andy. He's like, plays like a 16 year old kid to like hold my hand during the delivery and like Mm -hmm. help me breathe through it and do all this weird stuff. And I was like, please get the child out of the room. That's like the weirdest, like, nah, we're not doing that, man. Like, uh, uh, and then I got pulled aside and they were like, Emma, you're not in charge here. I'm like, I know I'm not in charge. Like I'm just an actor and I don't think I'm in charge, but that's creepy. Like, bye. You're like, bye. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I listen, it's, it's television. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. Wait. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. Demanda Martini just sent me her <gasps> Polaris. Wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being Yay! distracted here. Let no, me see if I can drop it here it. in the chat. Oh, Hang please on. do. I can't wait. Oh, my God. You're going to love it when you see it. Because I'm it's so Polaris in the wedding dress. But again, it's like this total ownership and just like love for the character. And if I remember correctly, Demanda spent all night trying to get all of the uh, the particulars right. It's amazing. Hang on, let's drop. Who was it. the girl? Who was the girl that Alex left for? Annie, Anna. Oh, Annie, Annie, Annie. Annie you want to talk? Right. About, wait, let me ask you this question while I pull it up. Okay. Uh, okay. So Emma, we have to ask: What do you think of Nurse Annie? <laughs> hater nemesis (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm totally kidding no honestly what i think is that nurse annie um is an innocent and alex needs to go to therapy here's the thing though i mean nurse annie took care of alex when he was in the mutant x universe Mm -hmm. and he was still coming back here and polaris was going through her own shit and everyone was kind of forcing them to be together because the x-men so desperately wanted a happy ending and they're like like why yeah no it's like polaris like needed to be on her own and alex needed to figure out things yes yes exactly i agree but also like lorna you don't need to like try to attack people (laughs) like girl just go to call your therapist it's gonna be okay Hang on, I'm going to send this to you on email because okay, it's not going to be shared here. I don't know why, because Zoom, of course, wants to be problematic right now. Oh, Zoom, you're canceled. Zoom, I'm over you. But Oh my nurse- gosh, I got canceled. I got X-Men related canceled. Wait, tell me about how you're, you got X-Men related. <laughs> okay, wait, first of all, I feel like that's something I should know. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. 
<laughs> How did you get X-Men related canceled? I got canceled because I said, I said, I was uh, trying to acknowledge the like whitewashing in media. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to recognize Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of uh, Wanda mm-hmm. and Vonda. We could get into that discussion later. But yeah. um, but I said, I was like, yeah, is Elizabeth Olsen the perfect Scarlet Witch? Yes, she's great. And people were really offended because she is a white woman, not of Romani ancestry. And um, I understand. And I've apologized since. And what also can be true is that that actor was hired for a job and does the best they can with it. Those things both can be true. So Well, so we've talked about this before on the podcast. There there have been some actors who don't necessarily fit the roles that mm-hmm. they were assigned. But here here's a problem that I feel very what I feel about is specifically for me as a white male. I don't feel like I'm ever in a position to tell a female identifying actor in Hollywood what they could or could not take, especially given all the sexism out there, all the the problems that they face. So Elizabeth Olsen was probably coming in for a role and was very excited for it and has done a very great job for it, Mm -hmm. especially in a situation where we have lots of Chris's out there. We have a character like Wanda who... Let's be honest. A lot of Chris's. <laughs> but we we showed up to Multiverse of Madness for Wanda. Wanda, we you did. Know? I did. We all did. Um, that's so. You have such a important point of view. I really appreciate what you said. Um, that's so. But that's here's so. A, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry ahead. to cut you off. No, I'm cutting no, you no. off. But uh, here's a. It's okay to be wrong about situations exactly. like this. And this is what we're talking yeah. about. Yes, exactly. It's okay. And to I be was wrong. wrong, and I offended people. And it's okay to be wrong, and it's also okay to understand that things aren't black and white. The world is messy, and what people on the outside don't understand is that when she auditioned for that role, like me, probably didn't know what the role was. You actually sign your contract before yeah. they tell you what role you're playing. You sign like as far as television. I don't know about movies, but um, and actually, I do know about movies. You do have to sign because then you do the tests, and also for TV, you sign for like six years. So you know. Also, I want people to keep in mind that I was working for Marvel at the time, and I even though I want to like address social issues, I'm also not going to be like f you, Marble, Marble, Marble. <laughs> my dad marble. says Marble. My dad because my dad. I'm a first generation American, so my dad is Cuban. So he. Oh my he, gosh. So even this morning, he's here like, are you doing a Marble podcast tonight? I'm obsessed. And you're like, yes, yes Papa, I am. I was like, yes. Are you guys um, close? We are. We are. So we moved down to Miami, back to Miami from New York because my mom is sick. She has dementia right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, oh, thank you. Thank you. And my husband and I, we found a perfect little, you know, loft in a great neighborhood. So it's a it's a amicable situation, but... Yeah, we are close. I see them daily. And it's so interesting to be that kid who went away for like 15, 20 years and now is kind of back and mm-hmm. trying to help the homestead and just believe, not unlike Polaris. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. You brought it back around. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to deflect off of me. I'm like a true narcissist here. I do but... the same thing. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the opposite of what a narcissist does. A narcissist <laughs> is like, me, 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 me. But you know, the, the, the thing is, to, to circle back on sort of everything we've talked about, it's it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to have difficult conversations that you don't always land correctly. Mm. You know, I think the the casting for Wanda is one of the ones that we should all have an honest conversation because Elizabeth Olsen yeah. is doing a phenomenal job yes. in a very male-dominated franchise. World. 
Absolutely. She is standing very tall and bringing in Iron Man level enthusiasm. And (laughs) as sort of a byproduct of that, some of the other listener questions we have gotten has been, has Emma ever met Elizabeth? And would she want to act, you know, in a House of M style story with Scarlet Witch? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, yeah. wait, let's wait, wait. I have to ask the first official question though. I'm so okay. sorry. Have you have this isn't a fair question to ask because I, I get it. You can deflect it, you can say no. Has there ever been a talk about Polaris coming into the MCU officially? Your iteration of Polaris. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely don't not. you feel like I can't say anything. No, absolutely not. I'm so glad you asked. Because yeah. people love to ask me that question. And I it's unfortunate, but I'm just like, nope, they don't want me. And that's okay. Why would they want me? I'm not famous or a name or I can't make them money. And that's like, let's be honest. Disney is a huge corporation. What they want is money. I can't bring them that. And so they don't aren't going to put me in their shows and their product, their, the product they're selling. Um, so that's no, there fair. Is, there, I, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. That's fair. But I have 45 responses if you're going to be in the MCU. And I only posted the story like five hours ago. Just sidebar. Sidebar, I... that is... I'm sorry. I dis- I politely disagree with you and Disney as a corporation because you are... Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. Continue. Well, on if, we, if we could get that to 45 million, then they might be forced <laughs> to put me in. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. And you can always interrupt me because I'm a ranter, ranter and raver. Um, but yeah, I would love to. Not going to lie. I definitely have called my agents and been like, when I found out about WandaVision, I was like, I want in the show. Call them. Yeah. I was like, call them. I want in the show. And they said no. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that makes no sense to me actually i don't know if they said no i don't know if any their conversation right. ever happened but you know it's i again i'm a bold person i don't know where i get it from um maybe it's genetics maybe it's life experience but i i again or the no fact that you're a big soul yeah you're or just the born big a big soul, soul theory maybe i just have no i have no time for not putting myself out there so i'll ask i'll let me in the show if they the worst they can do is say no and they did and here we are so it's all good you would have listen we loved evan peters coming in as, oh my gosh yeah. i i have to admit something this is embarrassing but again i'm in my like brutal honesty phase of life when <laughs> When Evan Peters was cast as like his sort of version of um of Pietro, I don't know how to say his name. How do you say it? It's it's. It, no, I it's say Russian. Pietro. I just said okay. Pietro. You okay, said it far word. better than I could ever. I did not. I always get embarrassed. <laughs> it's the same don't thing with Vonda. I'm like, is it Wanda? Is it Vonda? Anyway, um, I um, there was a little tiny part of me because I I try I've tried for a long time not to think about Lorna. Um, and there was a part of me when I just saw that online that was like, as a fan, I was so excited and I love the show as a human. I was, there was a little bit like, because the reality that someone else would be cast as Lorna Dane became suddenly became like something that was possible and could maybe potentially happen. And, um, I got, I got a little, I got a little sad and that's okay. I'm, I'm human after all, you know, I'm a sensitive creative. I'm not embarrassed of it. Well, A, you shouldn't be embarrassed by it. B, 
I, I think I speak for a lot of X-Men fandom right now when I say the idea of someone other than you playing Lorna Dane, especially right now, ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. No, it, I, I say that with a lot of love and respect for for the, for a property, for a fictional character, yeah. for an IP. It's just that you nailed it in a way that has resonated oh, with fans. But see, I have to tell you, I understand that because you posted something recently and it just spoke so... You know, I get emotional. No, me too. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No, don't be. You know, the last year has been really tough on 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 me. But I know a lot of people who engage with Power of X Men. They DM me about how X Men saved their life, mm-hmm. and you posted about Loris and how she saved your life, and how you were able to come in every day and, and be a character who imbued you with so much strength and confidence and something you were lacking and it's beautiful and i understand why you have that i don't want to say territory or territorial you know no, with you her, can but, say that you can say that why yeah. why you have that territory with her and it's evident it, it's evident in your performance i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet yeah Not sweet, no, it's I, observant. observant okay sure sure i'll give you that um no you're right i my time on the gifted was um Gosh, even though we were such a family and we were such a, you know, sort of united bunch, um, and I love everyone so, so much, I can't speak for them, but my personal experience was not amazing. I had an abusive home life. Um, I was struggling with what I now know is obsessive compulsive disorder and most likely like some complex PTSD. Um, but when I, put those clothes on I mean when I <laughs> so dumb but when I it's not I remember I remember the day they I got the headpiece and we filmed that um and I literally like looked to my friend Elizabeth who <laughs> Elizabeth lol um <laughs> um and I was like I feel like it's my wedding day or like something like important is happening this feels special this feels like I don't know. And I think that there's so so many times actors are just supposed to like act cool or like get over their characters. Or I'm sure someone out there is probably like, oh, this sad actor never worked again and she's obsessed with this one role she had. But I don't care because she helped me so much in a personal way that no one else could understand. No one will have that experience with Lorna that I had specifically. And Again, I've spent years trying not to think about her and just enjoying X-Men and the media, you know, that came out of Marvel as a fan, which I did fully enjoyed it. But I was in the hospital recently. I have a couple of blood clots in my lung and I had like four centimeters of dead lung and I still do actually it's healing. But um, when I was in the emergency room, I... You know those cookies? They're called like what are they called? They're called like what are they called? They're called oh, they're called Lorna Dune. Have you seen those shortbread no, cookies? I Wait, let me yeah, they're like these shortbread cookies called Lorna Dune with a D O O N E. And this lady waiting in the emergency room had a like a little container of them in her bag. She had like this big old bag, and I saw those, and I oh my god, I yeah. almost I almost started crying because. I, I just like immediately thought of Polaris, obviously, and I 
it's so hard to like I look for her and even when I know this is silly because they're cookies but it, it just she brings me strength she does she brings me strength because even in the fictional world she always shows strength maybe too much strength at times but she always shows strength and sometimes I need that for me so you know well, I, I have to tell you, first of all, I can only imagine when Polaris first got her crown in the comics, she probably felt exactly how you did, which is just this sense of power, this this the strength that's coming in. And I'm telling you, something like that, I, I want to give Polaris all the credit in the world as a character that she's due, but I also acknowledge that strength comes from within of a person and a situation. And so, yes, you felt that when you got the crown for Polaris, but a lot of the strength was also emanating from you. A character doesn't give you that. It may inspire it. It may be emblematic of it, but it always starts and radiates within the person. So that's so sweet. Thank you. And to answer the house of M question, (laughs) um, go back to house of M. Um, um, I actually heard a rumor a while ago that, Lizzie was interested in doing a House of M series um, from someone who knows her reps. And so, yeah, I would love to do that. Like, what? Elizabeth, yeah. call me. Elizabeth, call, please. Elizabeth, call me, please. Call me, <laughs> please. Kidding. She doesn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you ever met her? Wait, did you answer that question already? Did you? No, I've never met her. I've no. never, I've never had the honor. Have you, have you met Evan Peters? No. Who? <laughs> Your brother. <laughs> what about any of the Magnetos? Ian McKellen and uh, Michael Fassbender. Okay. <laughs> no, never. I feel like Ian McKellen would love you. Just Do you think far. so? Really? Are you guys close? No, I just know him from here. <laughs> I don't know who knows who anymore. What? Girl, I would like bring him on the Zoom right now. I'd be like, House of Every Union right now. No, but here's the thing that I've been following Ian McKellen's. I've been following Ian McKellen's career since I was a kid. He just he's such a large <laughs> advocate for voice. yeah. You know yes, what I, I mean? I do know like, that. Yes, he, absolutely. I'll never forget when I was a little Paul Dayspring. For those of you on the podcast, I he he had a quote about like how do we get acceptance? You start marching and throwing bricks, and it was one of those things that I was probably fourteen. And I had no concept mm-hmm. of gender revolution or mm-hmm. queer theory or or anything or or political ideology. Yeah, and I just you're a child. <laughs> there was a child. My brain wasn't fucking done baking, but I just remember <laughs> thinking, why would you throw a brick to sort of get some answers? But I understand now that power of revolution, the power of making a mark in history and creating change going forward. So with having someone, knowing someone like you and your voice, knowing for the last like 40 minutes, but understanding the kind of like, yeah, I mean, he would totally be so happy. He would be proud to be like, that's my fictional daughter. Right? Aww, <laughs> my fictional that's, daughter so in her crowd. that's so sweet of you to say. Or he would be like, she's crazy. She's like <laughs> out of her mind. She won't stop posting Instagram videos about social issues. <laughs> oh my God. But, okay, wait. But by the way, circling back though, I'm sorry. Like I, I just, I'm obsessed with your voice and everything you, you stand for. I love that even recently with the Easter holiday, you posted 
asking about both sides, about religion. And that's something, again, you achieve answers. It's not about creating a divide, but creating bridges and trying to understand an argument. And that's something you just have such a good, profound grasp on. Oh, gosh, thank you. That's really sweet. Yeah, I I, uh, I think I recently came to the con conclusion that like Magneto was wrong and that uh, we really can change the world by just like you said, talking, just yeah. putting it out there and being compassionate towards other and their the others and their experiences. Um, you know, one thing that's a hot topic is like people, people believing. I'm going to say it, white people. I can say it because I'm white. White people not acknowledging like systemic racism, and it's funny because like that's the point. You're not acknowledging it. And that's the point because it's so deep rooted in you and the system. So you saying it doesn't exist is proving that it does exist. And I feel if we could just sit down individually with people and, and share our experiences, they might see different points of view. Even myself, I'm learning all the time. I'm a younger person. We both are. And we're just here learning and doing our best. And really what people forget is the reason we are here doing our best is literally for the children. Yeah. Like literally for the kids, they are the future. And I went through sort of a internal struggle recently about having children, biological children. And, you know, I've made some really shocking statements online that people are not about. I've had friends, um, coworkers unfollow me. And because I, I have repeatedly said that having biological children at this time is selfish. And even when you explain something like point by point like that, the statement is harsh, right? If I told a parent that they'd be like, Oh my gosh, what are you talking about? I love my babies. But the fact is any, anything that starts with an, I want statement, I want children. I want a family that's selfish, but selfishness isn't innately a bad thing. So we, that's what I mean when I say we really have to break down these things in like conversation, we have to like really take, take steps to understand, you know, and I would ask someone who had biological kids, like what stopped you from, um, you know, participating in the foster care system? Why was it that you wanted a child that looked like you, um, or acted like you or shared your DNA? I want us to start thinking for ourselves because the thing that separates like sapien sapiens from bears dolphins whatever is that we have that intellect we have like cognitive thinking we have empathy so why aren't we using it you know have you read the dialect of sex by firestone no but it sounds great okay you have to read it a B. Okay, let me write it down. <laughs> a lot of it. I'll send it to you. Girl, slide okay. into your DMs again and send it okay, to you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but here's uh -huh. the thing. It's it encompasses everything you just said, which is she so Firestone was one of the leading voices in radical feminism. And in the dialect of sex, she talks about sort of the deep-rooted causes with oppression, specifically gender and sex oppression and it's rooted in the language but it's not just the words we use it's the symbolism behind mm -hmm. the words so yes. in order to tackle true oppression to think about equality from from that perspective you have to dismantle language That's not right. only on the surface but the symbolism behind the language so i say hello to you if i said hello to someone who doesn't understand what the word hello is it's insignificance but yeah. it's the symbolism, the 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 consonants behind 
hello that the symbolic behind hello that absolutely makes it what it is absolutely and then, yeah and then she also talks about children and how children are created and how mm -hmm. inherently that creates a system for mm -hmm. for section gender oppression now whether you know and again familia wherever you fall on the spectrum that's okay we can have a conversation about it but her way of sort of solving that conversation was looking at children from a community standpoint which children Absolutely. how do we come together as a community and raise children and it just it's so fascinating to me that you have those same ideas already they're, they're part of this conversation when at the time that i was reading her it was it was not part of the conversation and now mm -hmm. it is it's and it's okay to have this conversation maybe that's Absolutely. not the right answer maybe maybe it is an uncomfortable conversation to have but mm -hmm. that's okay. Let's have that uncomfortable. Let's have it. Let's have it. We yep. have that intellectual capacity for us to to sort of go out on the spectrum. Sorry, I'm geeking out when I'm talking. No, you're you're 100 correct, and I appreciate. I'm definitely going to read it. And you know, for what it's worth, I think I think community is the answer. We are a tribal species, so the fact that we've all been like tucked into our little apartments on our little phones on our little computers, and told that like the internet is the end all be all for communication and connection. And it is an amazing tool if it's used correctly, but we need to go out there for the children. Literally. I have now my friends who are my age are having kids. They have kids and there's no community, no resources, no help. They're at their wits end. Nobody told them how hard it was going to be to raise kids. They all told them what a miracle, how exciting for you. And now they're depressed. They're struggling with lots of different things. Um, and they feel, especially women I've noticed, feel that they must suffer in silence because they are the matriarchs of these families. And, you know, community is important. And... Well, well here's the thing. This is the one thing. I'm sorry, I'm just opening up. Where are you I'm going? Are you going on an adventure? <laughs> oh my gosh, where are we going? I had to let my husband in. I locked him out. Oh my God. stairs now. <laughs> on so purpose? I have to go on purpose now. I'm just because... You're like, stay away. I'm like, stay away. Sorry. Um. Well, here's the thing. The thing about, like, there's never an honest conversation when it comes to never. kids or anything like that. And I see it now, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always so baffled. I have a friend, you know, and, and you have friends we, besides me. Yeah, I have <laughs> friends besides you, but I have friends that like, even in today's world where we have conversations like this, it is a privileged conversation. Absolutely. And, and I have friends here, like my best friend growing up, who's a smart girl. We're talking, she graduated honors, everything. She looks at me and she goes, you know, Paul, having a kid, I felt really bad afterwards. And I was like, that's fine. That's postpartum. Like, Dude, yes. Let's it, talk for, about it. For me, again, a, 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 an identifying male can say, of course, like gay male. Like, of course, girl, of course. But she, no one ever told her that. Told her. That was okay. You know what I mean? And it for, mm -hmm. it breaks my heart that she suffered so much for like months, maybe years, thinking that she was a yeah. bad mom because uh, she yes. was feeling a certain way. Yes. Like, no, that is fine. You're oh, my gosh. You it's know? not only fine. It's completely natural. And it happens to like a really large percentage of um, people who have kids. Like, it's a real thing. I'm so grateful that your friend has you to like remind her of that, that it's okay. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, let's go get a martini queen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you drink martinis? Tell me your martini, martini order. Well, so I love a dirty martini. Um, because uh, I obviously, because well, I miss New York so much recently. Mm. I've been a cliche and I've been ordering Cosmo. 
So, oh, of course. Why not? Why it's, not? Like my it's inner juice. <laughs> my inner SJP. But uh, shout out to Botanico and Coconut Grove because I was just with them earlier and they gave me a, oh God, I think it was a kelp martini. And Do you say they, kelp? Kelp. Kelp. K-E-L-P. Like the, I don't know what, that sounds like some white shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But they that were. That sounds like some crazy <laughs> rich people. Gwyneth Paltrow shit. Shut up. Fuck of yes, it is a Gwen Paltrow martini. No, 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 not officially Gwen Paltrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, stop. No, Did no. I guess that? No, no, no. It is like a kelp thing, but um, they they've been so kind to me because I was editing an episode of the podcast and I get very stressed when I do, and they Aww. they gave me and I told them I was going to be talking. So that's so sweetie. Sweet so shout out to Botanica. But wait, oh, so you're hammered now? Great. No, I only had like a drink and a half. But... <laughs> a half? Okay, no, just. Um, um wait 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 so we have a question here though that you were a ballerina and how does being how does your training as a ballerina translate into skills in your everyday life so let me let me unpack that question was there anything from that you learned as a ballerina that you've been able to bring to your everyday life in terms of confidence maybe in other modes mm-hmm. uh, disordered eating <laughs> I'm sorry. I suffer from an eating disorder as well. So I'm so sorry. Really? Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, I've written about male anorexia uh, in the past. Something we need to talk about, something that is never spoken about, is like how prevalent disordered eating is amongst men and I'm sorry, why aren't we talking about this? They are suffering. There's our boys suffering right this moment and nobody's asking them if they're okay. What? So it's so anyway. funny. So I've been shopping around my memoir for for I love how this is now about me. Um, but I wrote <laughs> my dad suffers from anorexia as well. And oh I subsequently learned about masculinity from him, you know, mm-hmm. these ideas of how does a man govern his family. And for me, yeah. it was always him sitting at the head of a table not eating. Oh gosh. And yeah. so that's how I sort of deal with like my anxiety and stuff like that. And no one ever talks about male anorexia in fact what what really irks me i read this one interview they weren't being insulting they were just being matter of fact that a lot of people regulate anorexia to 14 year old girls and and it's like no anorexia is genderless and don't ever diminish them even a 14 year old girl suffering from anorexia is terrible why would you say something like that and it has the highest mortality rate of any mental disease out there Yeah, that it's so sad to hear about your father. I'm just thinking now, if I were in that position, I absolutely would ask either of you, hey, are you doing okay? And that's the thing. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to ask the tough questions. I'd rather have my friend be mad at me and be like, why are you asking if I'm okay? I'd rather have that than miss an opportunity to step in if something was really wrong. You know, if you see someone, if you see someone struggling, please step in. Like, yeah. please, all of you, Julia, anyone, please. please step in. Just say something. And especially, I'm going to say especially if it's a man, because they are not given any soft, safe spaces to express anything. And they've been treated like, you know, a trophy. We, You know, we all know the term trophy wife, but really men, I think, so often are treated as they're really their use is only physical and um, money-making. And we kind of need to move past that. It's it's really damaging. But Emma, are you are you okay? 
I am okay. <laughs> You're so sweet. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. We'll yeah. talk after. We'll talk after. But, you know, you did post, you have post about body image issues on your, on, and thank you for that. Thank you so much. Oh, really? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you articles and you can say thank you later. Okay, but, um, but I think, especially when it, we just asked you now about, you know, ballerina and eating disorders are very, are very dominant in that field. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, and every like that. No, don't, don't, don't be at all. It's, um, you know, I'm super healthy now. I could not be more grateful. But yeah, I was actually put in the three most, uh, three quote unquote activities, I guess, where like disordered eat is, eating is like probably pretty heavily um, prominent. I was in modeling as a teenager oh, and modeling. then I, and ballet and then acting, of course. And I can't deny that in every situation, it is hard to be the biggest person in the room. And I said person, not woman, because I am often taller than my male co-stars. Um, and by being taller, I'm also bigger because I'm of a different scale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so it, um, it really did affect me. And, you know, I had influences in my home life that were not healthy. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know why we're allowing it. We're allowing the conditioning of young people. Like, I think these things should be illegal. Like I personally, I think that like, if you're, if you're, it's an advert, if you're advertising something or trying to make money, it should be illegal to like use like heavily to heavily Photoshop like bodies. I think it's really screwed up that we've allowed it for so long. And it seems like an obvious to me. Like I say, like I, I like to use the example how they don't like put colors on cigarette packages. Like, you know how they're very strict and like the vaping epidemic and all that. And they're like, no more colors. We don't want kids to think uh, nicotine is cool. Well, why don't we care about grown adults? Why is every man like a, crazy v-shape with these big muscles why is every woman this like hourglass with like teeny tiny tiny features um especially if it's not real if you look like that naturally wonderful good for you it, you know i can't can't say if it's good or bad because i don't put value on people's bodies but if it's advertising that's kind of just brainwashing us all Anyway, should be illegal. Biden, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Biden, call her. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. Tina Fey said that in her in her memoir or her her collection of essays, Bossy Pants, where she was here like, listen, stuff like that shouldn't be okay. If we as a society agreed that we knew that this was all fake and these are just images, then fine, whatever. But it's mm -hmm. speaking to a youth and it's creating a stigma that's just damaging. It so is. Speaking of Tina Fey, can we talk about racism and comedy? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. There's I... some like, there's some not cool stuff. Like, there's definitely some like Asian American hate in some of those projects. Not a fan personally, no. but well, it's Tina so Fey, fun. call me. <laughs> Tina Fey, call Emma. No, it's listen. I my again, my friend Kyle, who I just referenced earlier in this episode, she's Asian American, and she's. She just wrote her first book about being a nanny in Tribeca and all of the cool casual racism that happens because, oh, it's okay. It's just an Asian girl. It's You can say things like they don't know how to drive. <laughs> no. No, it's not okay. No. It's not it's okay. It's not okay. Um, objectification, making jokes yep. at their expenses. It is absolutely not okay. 
And what I understand from my friends who are first gen- generation American, um, first generation Asian American, um, it starts young. It oh, starts yeah. like in the schools. I mean, and and we know what that means. I'm not saying kids are naturally bullies. I'm saying that they probably have stuff going on at home that isn't appropriate you know but like yeah it's a uh, and first i grew up in seattle we have a really large asian american population there and go moving out of seattle was really shocking to me to see how much like asian hate there there is and and still is and of course the covid of it all like ooh, what are we doing knock it off knock it oh off my god well especially in the city when when we left, there were Asian American women who were being stalked, who were being followed back to their apartment, who were being pushed on subway platforms, who were being assaulted in their hallways. Mm-hmm. It is just, it's a conversation that people need to have more of. Yes. And absolutely. It, it boils down to don't be fucking hateful out there. That's it. And just exercise common sense. You know, if mm-hmm. you hear an unfair stereotype, you shouldn't say that. And also, don't have hate towards your fellow human because we're all humans here trying to exist totally. and it just breaks my heart it's funny you say common sense though i recently learned in school that there's no such thing as common sense and like for example i think there are maybe quite a few people in this country who would probably think to themselves oh my gosh i would never confess to a murder i didn't do but how many false confessions have there been in our history? You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, I, you and I would love to think that everyone thought like us logically. Yeah. But the truth is there are a lot of, especially Americans, because our needs are absolutely not met in this country. There are a lot of Americans who have a very large amount of unhealed trauma. And therefore they cannot, they literally can't switch their brains over to think in that logical way because they've been so hurt and traumatized. And again, back to the talking about it. I think that's that's the that's the healing that can happen if we just have the conversations. Like I would love to sit down with, you know, someone who was a double Trump voter and ask them, why did you feel that he could meet your needs as a citizen and that someone else couldn't? You know, let's have the hard conversations. I love that. But first of all, one, I to give us a little bit more credit, I think you and I would say something. And we would be like, oh, okay, that was wrong. Let's have a conversation about it. I don't think many people can. You know what I mean? So A, but B. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You have to separate ego. You have to separate ego from your experience. And that's, listen, I love being an idiot. I always say, I'm wrong wrong 90% of my life. I love it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure I was like a stop sign. Someone else went before me and I gave them the finger. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe I was the one who jumped the gun there. So I love it. You know, but two, why? The why behind it. When someone says, here's the thing. And again, Familia, this is just my opinion. We're having a conversation here. When I hear someone voted for Trump, my knee-jerk reaction isn't to be angry. My knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction is to be, why did you vote why? for Trump? Why? Yes. Because here's the thing. If you want to solve a future problem where we don't have someone like Trump come into office, you have to understand the other side. You have to understand why those people are are, are behaving the way they, di- they do. You need to understand that very difficult conversation. And by the way, I think it stems to exactly what you just said, unhealed trauma, unhealed – um, being able to rationalize the world and their mm-hmm. life experiences. It's, mm-hmm. you know, my dad, for example, vote, voted for Trump twice. 
my dad comes from Cuba. He comes yeah. from, he's traumatized by the idea of communism, by the idea of so much yeah. political turmoil that he gravitates mm -hmm. more towards a conservative conversation. I don't agree. That, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I don't agree with it, but I, I understand where he's coming from with that. Dad, mm -hmm. let, let, let's, let's dispel what happened in Cuba during the 50s and 60s. Versus what's happening in America today and why someone like Obama, you know, is not this crazy communist who's going to rob you of everything. Let, let's have a real. <laughs> but they they totally. know we need to have those kinds of conversations. A hundred percent. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I uh, I'm disappointed in politicians i don't i didn't really know politicians was like a real thing until recently i just realized that like anyone can do it you can just choose to do it um usually it's the rich but like the reason i didn't think it was a thing anyone could do is because i didn't grow up with um i will you know i white privilege yes but not like this the wealth privilege that so many of those politicians do and um I don't know. Look, I've messaged Bernie many times on social media. I've never heard back. <laughs> you know, I just like, why aren't they out here talking to people? Why is it, why is it spending millions of dollars for these like campaigns when they're not actually listening to us, the citizens yeah. it's, and it's everyone, it's all of them on every side. Um, I don't like the job politician. And it, I think, I think if you are a politician, that it's very easy to be conditioned within that group to believe certain things or think you are better or think you you deserve wealth or something. I don't know. Can I ask a really off, <laughs> off script question? Yeah. How, how do you think you can flip the idea of politician? Based off how do of I think I can flip that, what? Know, but the, the idea of what it means to be a politician. Oh gosh, that's a great question. I'm gonna pretend like I have all the answers right now. No, um, it's okay if you don't. No, exactly. That's, that's the beauty of being that's, human. It totally is. Like we can have these conversations, and the funny thing is, like I don't like, I don't care. Cancel me. Say whatever you want. I'll admit I'm wrong. I'll apologize, and then we, I can learn and move on. If anything, being wrong helps me grow as a human. I'm desperate to be wrong. Please say I'm wrong. You know I, what I mean? I say it all the time too. Do you I, really? I'm so obsessed with you right now. I yes. love it. Why are I we always, twins? <laughs> I don't think I have your complexion. Well, I do after I see my dermatologist on Thursday. But uh, no, here's the thing. It's okay to be wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to grow. You need to clear the rot in order to mm -hmm. grow. But anyways, because you've talked about politics and some of yes. this uh, uh, yes. publicly. Let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm doing something crazy. I'm doing something absolutely out of my mind, insane. I have decided to start a campaign. I hate that word. I don't know what to call it. What's another word besides campaign? Uh, initiative. An initiative. Oh, you're so good. Oh, you're great. You're such a linguist. Major. Oh my god, that's so funny. I literally just said you're a linguist. That's so funny. Um. So yeah, an initiative. Um, to uh, run for president in 2032. Because I am tired of seeing, and it's on both sides, rich people in fancy suits standing on stages, stages that cost millions, if not a billion dollars, <laughs> Biden, and telling me that they have my interest at heart. And you know what? I'm going to say this, especially this last week. I have been shown that 
anything is possible in the United States, not America. We need to stop calling the United States America because you're negating the huge other parts of the Americas. But anything is possible. You can be a president and be an actor. You can be an actor and be a criminal. You can be a criminal and be a president. Anything is possible in the United States. So heck, I'm running for president. Not as a politician. I'm running just as like a human who is trying to train for the job. And I'm not going to go to school for poli sci because I think uh, college degrees are elitist. And I think it's really, really screwed up that in a country where a college education is like $200,000 and above, even at a state school, it's like very expensive, tens of thousands, um, to tell someone that they need a piece of paper to pursue something. Horrendous. We need to go back to like mentorships. We need to go back to like trades. Um, and the scam, the corporation of like, um, education needs to knock it off. We are so screwed up in this country. <laughs> Listen, I don't disagree with you at all, but one of the things I am grateful is that there are individuals with the courage and voice that you have, you know what I mean? Like, and that, thank you. no, it's <laughs> real life superheroes. You weren't. Listen, I, I get it. You were you auditioned for a role, they gave you a superhero, but that superhero, a version of her, of them were was already inside of you. That's so, really sweet. That's, that's so sweet. That it. like gives me so much confidence. Thank you for saying that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Emma Dumont, stop it. <laughs> you stop it. Paul Flores, okay. you stop it. <laughs> Pilar, stop it. <laughs> okay. Here, here's one question that we did get on the topic of, of politics. Is one okay, question that we got in from my husband. Ooh! Shout out to Joe, who <laughs> says, "What's one political issue you wish most folks were more active in?" Oh wow, there are so many. <laughs> there are. <laughs> You're like, girl. Do you have the next two hours? Let's yeah, right. Go. Like, <laughs> let me tell you my list. Um. I think, honestly, right now, the most important thing on our hands right now, I mean, there are a million things I want to do. Uh, like, I would like everyone to have mental health uh, uh, care and uh, physical health care and um, no more unhoused people because we have the physical empty buildings just sitting around this country. But the most important thing right now is stopping the active shootings straight oh, up. Oh, God. Stopping this purely American, like our, our, what we're known for in the world now is being obese and, um, having monopolies like corporations and, um, now for killing children and innocent people, uh, it's gotta end. It has to, end. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to say I have the perfect answer right now, but over the next nine years, I'm going to figure it out. It's gotta end. It's breaking our hearts. It's killing our children. And. In, in Kentucky today at the bank. Yeah. It's just... Oh, my gosh. It's so... And and by the way, it's so funny because I was at my dad's firm today, and it's a bunch of old Cuban conservatives. <laughs> and one of them walked in. I was like, hey, how are you doing? He goes, well, there was another shooting in this country. And he just stopped and he looked at me. He's like, how do you think I feel going into an office now? And we're talking, yeah. this is old Cuban conservative man yeah. who's like, I've had it. I've had it. Yeah. And he's probably pro-gun, by the way. He probably, probably believes in the right to bear arms. Yeah, and of course. Even he is like, this nonsense has to stop. We need to it find has to stop. for it. 
We need to. Absolutely. And that and is I, where the answer ends. Yes. And those conversations. And, those conversations. and, the, and the why. Yes. Why? And all of this. We are desperate. That's the thing. We need to stop listening to the people above us, the people in the yeah. suits. They don't have our best interests. They are brainwashing us. And that's on both sides. You know, I've noticed, you know, I, I'm a former liberal. Now I, I don't belong to any party. Um, but I've noticed that the, you know, Democrats will scream and rant for things that matter to them but not, they won't scream and rant for everything. And also is screaming the way to get where we want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, we already know if you're liberal there, you already know, you, you know, the conversations with conservatives is hard, but I, I want to ask, you know, my friends, what are you doing to help? Are you, are you checking? Are you self-regulating your emotions? Because the truth is these people. Look, if again, I just, you know, the, there are people out there who genuinely believe that Donald Trump won the election. They genuinely think that. Um, that to me screams mental health crisis. Um, it, it, it's a little bit, sounds like a delusion. And I'm not trying to um, like armchair diagnose anyone. And that's so not my place to do it. I'm just talking in general. I would never point out anyone specific, but that really is scary. And instead of screaming at them, we need to like get them into a psychiatrist's office. Honestly. And I don't mean that. And like, cause what would you, if somebody had cancer, you'd take them to the doctor. Yeah. And it's so clearly that they are having like breaks with reality I need to take them to the doctor, you know. One of our one of our folks. Yes. I think this is a good bookend for what you just said. Um, I, I want to say their name correctly correctly. Lean Cowie said, Emma, thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, Lin Kawi. <laughs> I think you you gave it a good shot. That's all. I gave I, it a that's good all shot. you can do. I'm sorry, but thank you for. Remember engaging. when I pronounced Pietro like a crazy person? Like you know, we all we're just trying our best. You said it accurately. Stop it. <laughs> Listen, if Polaris says it's like that, that's how you pronounce. As if she knows that they're like super close. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, on the subject of X-Men, though, when did oh, yeah. you, when, growing up, so you grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I did. When did you first hear about X-Men? Was it the X-Men cartoon? Cartoons, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I think we're, we all understand that that was a gift to man. You know what I mean? Like, what a sick series. Who was it? Somebody on set used to always sing the song. Who was it? I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of it. Yes. Sorry, I, I have no music. Even though I'm an auctioneer, <laughs> I have no musical key whatsoever. You're an auctioneer? Yeah. I'm a benefit auctioneer. That's why <gasps> I love talking about causes and, and advocacy. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Wait, that's amazing. But also, why do wealthy people have things to auction off? Mm. <laughs> or are they well, hoarding wealth? <laughs> so a lot of it too, by the way, that I love about the kind of benefits we do so we do st jude's the arthritis foundation etc oh, wow. um 
fully donated items from local organizations. So oftentimes we find that it's like a yoga studio who's like, we don't have much to give, but we'll give a free yoga class and we'll pair it with a bottle of wine. It's really, Oh gosh, that's amazing. Okay. So you're just surrounded by amazing people. Well, I love that. Present company included. Oh gosh. See how I always turn it back. Yeah. You really do. You know what that tells me about you? It tells me that you um, are very, very, very humble and empathetic. And also that maybe you've seen some trauma in your life. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm a psych major. I can't help it. Thank you for being you. Thank you. So who was it on set? Who was it on set? I don't remember. I don't remember. Look at um, me deflecting yeah. there. I'm like, who was it on set? Just stop it. Um, You're making me cry. Emma, no, no, no. I have a reputation. Yes, for being a hard ass. Well, no, for being fun. I mean, like, you are fun. Okay. Didn't you hear the martini story or the Cosmo story? Whatever. The kelp. Oh, yeah, like Gwyneth Paltrow and kelp. Wait, sidebar. Did you get the demand of martini email? Did you get the photo I just sent you? What? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Check email. Check your email. Oh my gosh, let me look right now. I'm so grateful for two monitors. Wait, um, Demanda Martini. This is our plug. Demanda Martini. We are getting a reaction from Polaris herself. She's gonna <laughs> go crazy seeing okay, this. I am gonna go crazy. I'm so excited. Let me know if you didn't get it. I'll resend it. I can't even get into my email account. For some- Wait, can I please get into my email account? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to log in. Well, give me two seconds. This Rude, is ridiculous. We'll, we'll edit this part out. Or don't, because this is hilarious. I love it. I love you so much. Thank you for just being you. Thank you for being you. I Gosh, this is such a comfortable space. I'm going to be honest. I had a hard time doing podcasts for a long time. Like I turned down a bunch of podcasts and I just like didn't want to do it because of like my fears, my OCD, like I just am so was so scared of hurting someone or saying the wrong thing. I wasn't even scared of being canceled because I've been canceled before. I was just scared of like genuinely hurting some someone buddy by like saying something wrong or saying something offensive. But like we said before, like I now have no fear in being wrong because I know that if I hurt someone's feelings, that I can speak to them and I can try to mend that hurt that I cause. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And let me be very clear. This is a safe space. No one's going to slide into your DMs. Like the community. I mean, maybe. maybe. Listen, there's always, there's always a troll or two out there, (gasps) but wait, 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 let's take it from the top because Demanda's going to love this. Did you get it? Did you get the email? (laughs) Demanda Martini. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Oh, she doesn't she look iconic i don't think i've ever been speechless at a cosplay this is unbelievable she oh looks my so gosh. good and she <gasps> actually did those little like floral the red floral she actually hand painted all of them really those are gorgeous oh my gosh i'm so obsessed the detailing the necklace it's all the helmet obviously I am scared. I'm like, Annie, run. <laughs> That's right, Annie, Nurse Alex, Annie. get out of here. I got Nurse Annie, run. Run for your life. Oh, my gosh, so amazing. I could not be more impressed. Whoa. Ah! Oh, my That's God. That's so cool. Demanda Martini, um, we love you so much. We love you so, so much. Also, are we going out for cocktails? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, That's so oh. cool. 
Wait, speaking of Alex, so you have a photo that broke the internet a couple of years ago of you and Lucas I don't Tell. think I You and Lucas I'll, Tell. I'll have a get yeah. How was it meeting Havoc? Pilar's in Havoc. What what's the story behind this photo? How did you do you are you guys friends? There's What was no the story. <laughs> I wish there was a cool story. No, he, they, uh, I think Lucas and Blair who played Thunderbird, they're like buddies. And so I think that was, I don't know. We always used to try to go to a house on the lake for like Labor Day or whatever. And I think that was during one of those trips. Um, uh, he's cool. Awesome. Loved him in the films. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had like some cool fun story to tell. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, why would you apologize? <laughs> Everyone loves no, Alex. he, You see, yeah. when people post like photos of Alex and like Lorna in comparison, they always use that photo. That photo Oh, is do they always really? there. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. Because Yeah. <laughs> we're like not in costume. We're just like normal people. <laughs> like, it's not at all. It, but it, it's it's a power to, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this with my <laughs> psychic. Shout out to Mr. Kyle Thomas about the power of myth and Did and. you say you're a psychic or a psychiatrist? No, my psychic. Oh my gosh, it could have been either. I would same difference, but <laughs> go ahead, tell me. Kyle, and it's a power of myth in society. That's what it Oh, is. It's the it's power so of myth. myth, myth, myth. Yeah, it's It's heavily, um, it's very important to the human experience to have mythology. and seeing someone like having, <laughs> you know, IRL together. No, it's it's so funny. Even saying like the statement out loud, there's an element of absurdity, but also like. acknowledging that power that it brings to so many people. It, also, you know what? Here's the thing. This is what my boss says all the time when he's here. Like, you always have to arrive to an event in good, you know, in pristine outfits because it does make other people feel good. So when you have a photo like IRL Popo and IRL Havoc meeting, it makes people happy to see those characters Mm -hmm. because <laughs> oh, those characters means so much to people and you mean that's so so much sweet. to people and Oh my and lucas's gosh. alex means Well, so for much people to people who want to know, Alex is or Alex, Lucas is a sweetie, <laughs> and I hope I'm a sweetie. So I hope that you are that is a good thing to know. I don't know. <laughs> emma can i ask you a Yes. lightning round of some questions Yes. we got from folks okay okay I'm ready. okay 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 wait wait queen of magnets wants to know what's your favorite polaris look In the comics? In the comics or on the show, they weren't specific. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to say like 70s X Factor, big hair, curly hair. Oh, Uh, yes. with, without the one without the cutouts, like the traditional. Yeah, you know what I mean? With the yellow, Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, she looks so iconic there. And then Yeah. the action figure. Do you have any of the Marvel Legends figures or any of the action figures of her? You're joking, right? I don't know if you're joking. I have all of them. I have almost, I think I own every single action figure and or toy that has been made of uh, Polaris. love that so much Not me being her number one fan. Look, if there was anyone who would be grateful to have the job of playing her, it would be her number one fan. So I'm happy it was me. <laughs> captain to michael wants to know and we love you captain to michaels thank you so much for always engaging in this community do you miss your green hair I never had green hair. <laughs> It was a wig. It was actually was like 14. it wig It was 14 different wigs and hair pieces. Our hair designer, Charles, um, went through painstaking, uh, tedious work trying to get every single green, perfectly the same kind of green. Um, and because green's like a really hard color with 
for if you're a colorist, if anyone's a colorist out there. Um, I of course miss it every day. I actually was thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of putting green strips in my hair and I was like, is that sad? Or should no, I do it? <laughs> not at all. It's empowering. Like, Why not? I don't care anymore. People can judge me. Yellow. I just want to live my life. <laughs> Queen, YOLO, YOLO. So yes, I do miss it. Yes. Mini made it wants to know character decisions that really resonate with you resonated with you during the gifted character decisions well i hated season two so i don't know if that resonated with me but it definitely made me pissed <laughs> remind me why 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 didn't you like season two i didn't like it because lorna went from a very strong character to a very weak character only because she had a baby mm-hmm. and Here's the thing. I thought, which is funny because we were talking about it earlier. I thought there was going to be some wonderful plot about mental health, maybe postpartum. Nope. Never addressed. Didn't matter. They like, I walked onto set and there was like this frilly bedspread in her room. And I'm just like, who is this? I don't know who this is anymore. You guys have changed the character um, from last season. I don't know who she is. I'll do my best. So I don't even know if I was good in season two because I didn't know that Lorna because my Lorna would have been cooler (laughs) or at least would have addressed the issues that are going on i know we had an ensemble cast and i was very low on the culture that was very unimportant to the plot um i was like the last um last member of the main cast like i was the least lowest build so i understand that my character wasn't that important but you know i would have loved to take that opportunity to feature some important storylines no more mutants wants to know (laughs) excuse me first of all the names (laughs) I'm sorry. I do work for Sentinel Services. Is this like a troll account from Sentinel Services? <laughs> oh my god, Ralph is gonna love that so much. <laughs> Thank you, A, for that. B, Ralph, no more mutants, wants to know when is she coming to the MCU? She, I know we addressed that. I don't think that. she is. I don't think she is. I'm sorry, friends. I really don't think she is. But I do. I am gonna write. I'm writing my own show. Good. We want I'm done you with. To- yeah, I'm writing it. I don't care. Dude, I'm crazy. I posted this video and I was like, I tagged all my co-stars in it. I was like, I'm doing the show. Call me if you want to be in it. Like, I don't care anymore. Because I do think there's a need for like a street level, like social issues show. Um, And they like an X-Men show, an yeah. X-Men show. And I don't know why Disney isn't doing it because like the people want it. I want it just as a fan. Well, Emma, you know what really baffles me is when Tell I me. talk to people and they don't see the mutant metaphor the obvious mutant metaphor that is (laughs) some people you'd be shocked at how many people just it evades them Hmm, they're like why are x-men to quote i I don't want to throw anyone in our familia under the bus because we welcome all perspectives but it does baffle me when i get a dm and it says why are x-men comics so political i'm like are we are we reading the same thing? Are we reading the same thing? Or why don't they have to tackle issues like mental health and stuff like that? I'm like, that's the point. That's the point. Like, it's funny. I always say, like, I always say the X Men comics specifically, um, and for X Factor too. Uh, they're not for kids. No, they're not for kids. These are important issues, and um, that's disappointing. I hope whoever is thinking that out there, I'm speaking. I'm gonna look in the camera. I hope whoever is out there thinking that. I'm kind of wondering, why is it so serious? Why are these issues? I hope that you keep enjoying the comics, but I hope eventually that you understand why these issues are important. And maybe you can learn that through the X-Men. God, that's such a great answer. I love you so much. <laughs> is it? No, I'm an idiot. You're certainly not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. We we all have room to grow, but idiot, you are not. 
at Let's all. Not even close to. Okay, Namor cosplay asks, who do you picture as your father, Ian McKellen or Michael Fassbender? Oh, neither. I Patton Oswalt, or I won't come back. <laughs> Period. There we go. Ab- Period. I'm not even kidding. Someone said it on set. One of my producers was like, you know who'd be great Magneto, Patton Oswalt? And I was like, <gasps> and that it's been my dream ever since. I'm a big fan of his. Well, no, I mean, I, so I first... So I worked at Harper Collins when his late okay, brag, brag, humble brag. Um, her oh god, it was about the California State Killer, the Golden State uh, Killer in the dark. I'll be here in the dark. Yes, yes. yes. Um, he was phenomenal. Talk about a good oh, human who really went good to human. went to pitch during the sales conference and everything for her. Like Amazing. it was yeah. on her behalf. It was a wonder, and and then he was um. Oh my god! Oh my god! Of course, now I'm like blanking. Modok, he was Modok in oh, yeah. Modok Hulu series. Hulu series. Oh yeah, like, and he was also on United States of Terra, which was all about mental health. Yeah. Oh, wait, was- I don't remember him on that show. Yeah, with Brie Larson. <gasps> yeah, the connection. Connection, the connection right there, Brie Marvel. Larson. <laughs> well, that's how I first found out about Brie Larson. Right that's there, so was on yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, she was great in that. But he's he's such a great human being. Yeah, that he would you can tell. I love people when you can tell that they're good humans from like from just from like media or whatever. And he's one of those. Uh, next question we have is and I think we touched upon this earlier, but let me give it to our boy, Greg, who says, how do you feel about the mutant metaphor and its constant evolution in society? Ooh, it's evolution. Well, to be honest, I think we're all familiar that with like how it, how it started off was it it represented like the LGBTQIA2S plus community. Sorry, I always want to make sure I get all of no, them because you got it. Because why I not? Always, I always say LGBTQIA plus, and you just nailed it the right way. Thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. Um, and I, we all know that. Well, I guess some people don't realize that yet, but they will. They keep enjoying the comics. But now I think it can be applied to any persecuted group. Um, and I think that's it makes it even more relevant and more important. And I think that's why that there's like that's why I think I'm so like aggressively mad at Marvel for not giving us new X-Men content. Like Wanda's great, all the new stuff, the multiverse, all of it's super fun and like crazy, whatever. And we all cried during all the Avengers films, of course, sobbed in the theater every time. But I want to see like something that's like tackling issues because media for so long has conditioned us in a bad way and I'm ready for it to condition us in a positive way. Was it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I would tell you, I would be like, girl. (laughs) <laughs> let's take it from top no you're so emma just sidebar you're so articulate you have such a wonderful i've been enjoying this conversation so much thank you i've been in this conversation too. i like can't wait to come and hang out like will you hang out with me if i come to miami like let's oh like God, get dinner yeah. or something well i think i have a hold in la in a couple of weeks so oh beautiful okay i'll that. see you then amazing okay art of lucas who does a lot of the shirts i'm wearing one of my <gasps> favorite x-men nate gray he does a lot of polaris as well very cool he loves all the advocacy you're doing on social media and he wants to know how would you pass a free healthcare plan how would i pass it well i would there's your homework question right there yeah, I know. No, that's I like, great tell us about the mutant metaphor in polaris and now it's like tell us about how you would pass <laughs> healthcare. Healthcare. Um, now. 
<laughs> Here's my opinion. I'm just going to say this about, and this is, I think this goes for anything, any need the public, public needs right now. Um, we are the people, we have the power. I, I don't think this, uh, the checks and balances aren't working right now. And before we can make big sweeping moves, like healthcare. Um, I think what we need to do is make a general rule or I don't know, law, whatever you want to call it, that if you show inhumane or inhuman thoughts, feelings, or activities that you immediately be removed as a public servant, because people forget every single person in government from, uh, from your local police officer to the president, to all the judges, they are public servants. That is not a self-serving job. If you piss in someone's chair, if you like have a fit, if you're uh, accused of a crime or of pedophilia, you need to be removed. How is this a question? And the American people feel so helpless. And all we can do is watch on our TikTok, watch on the news. But if you show inhumane or inhuman and when i say inhuman i mean something outside what i consider a healthy human activity whether it be bigotry or um like wanting harm to come to others um whatever it, or you're um taking away bodily autonomy like any of these things they're a clear indication of a mental health struggle these people need to be removed they need to be given um you know mental health care i'll say this so delta the airline company they have amazing benefits this is like a little i don't know metaphor or something i don't know simile maybe and if you are struggling with addiction or um, excuse me substance use disorder they will pay for your treatment and then they will welcome you back to work we need to put that policy in for the public servants if you're showing inhuman thoughts mental health care and if you get retrained and show that you can come back then you can come back but if you can't it's a permanent you need never be a public servant again in any capacity and only then can we address health care Every, you know, the wage gap, uh, you know, uh, brutality, police brutality. Only then can we address all the real issues. Does I that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I don't, I don't understand when we have to exile people for having flaws, for having substance abuse, or or <laughs> having a very difficult moment. Rehabilitate. Let's let's do our best to get our people back where they need to be. And once they show it and they want to be part, it's okay. It's okay to fall. It and is. it's okay. Not only is it okay to fall, but we will pick you up and we will, we will. welcome you back to the Absolutely. circle. You know? Absolutely. And I find that there's so many people who are afraid to admit flaw because I've I, we've we've all seen this firsthand. I don't want to admit it because I'm wrong. People are going to exile me. What will people think of me? And yes. it's so heartbreaking because you want to be like, no, we're not going to think anything bad about you because we've been there. In, in some way, shape, or form, we all fall. You totally. Know? We all do. Like, I always like to say, like, I always say, like, we've always, all of us have picked our nose at some point, even as a kid, even with the tissue that counts too. And we've all tried pot in college. You know what I mean? Like, we've all, like, we've all done silly things. We've all dinged our car when pulling out of a parking lot. We've all done things that make us feel bad. We've all hurt a friend, hurt a family member. And that's okay that's what we've makes us human we've all not been our best we've all not been our best and that's we've okay we've all not been our best and that's we, okay the spectrum of humanity when you think of what it means for us to be human it encompasses some of the the lesser desirable traits and it's yeah. so funny. have you have you read uh wild by cheryl strade i love that you think i read no i'm kidding i do read i love reading i have not read that though <laughs> okay i'm gonna send you like an amazon package please like, do i cannot wait awful but cheryl Strayed in it she has this moment so cheryl Strayed, 
um, lost her mom. And her, oh her mom was like the love of her life. Hmm. And that seems what, unhealthy. And what happens? So sorry. What happens? What happened afterwards was that she had four years of grief and oh. she spiraled. She did heroin. She slept with anyone. She cheated on her husband. And so she does the Pacific Crest Trail. And at the end of the trail, she sort of comes to this cathartic understanding of her grief. And she says, what if I was sorry? What if doing heroin taught me a lesson? What if I did want to sleep with all those men? What if saying yes was the right answer instead of saying no? And what if all those things that people told me I shouldn't have done got me to where I'm at today? And, you know, yeah, that to absolutely. me is powerful, powerful. and true. You, you make mistakes. Yeah. And you learn. Also, like mistakes. you do. And the majority of the things that people like, quote unquote, feel bad for are things that are like social norms, like heroin. They sure there are laws about it. But like, yeah. what do I care if someone is struggling and self-medicating in some way? Or you know what I mean? Or who am I to judge someone who became addicted to an addictive thing? Like, yeah. duh. Do you know what I mean? And, it's, and, it's made of and, rules. And you want that person, you don't want that person to ever endanger their life, but you understand why exactly what you just said. They became addicted to an addictive yeah. thing. No shit. No and shit. You know this, what? There's pain. This is, Some people yes. can't metabolize pain the way others do. It's yes. fine. People it's fine. Pain. Yes, you're totally right. And you know what? I'm going to say something, and I probably don't have the right to say this. I hope nobody is listening from my family, but my brother, I found out that I had a brother as an adult. And a half brother. And my brother is missing right now um, because of, you know, I think mental health struggles. My brother believes that he is a burden to others because of his, like, quote unquote, mistakes. And I so wish that, I so wish that for people like him, there was just like a soft place to land, to feel safe, to admit when you're wrong, and to ask for help and guidance because then we would have so fewer people ostracizing their own their own selves and then like bad things happen so yeah you're right i could not agree more sorry <laughs> i i what? have a sister no i have a sister who struggles no. with mental health and you know what Dang. i wish i wish there was a moment we can just say hey it's okay you're not a burden yeah. You know, yeah. and she says things outlandish. And by the way, because she's my sister and I grew up, I, I grew up with her. It's we, we, we can say nasty things. But at the oh, end yeah. of the day, you know, I want to be like, I love you. Yes. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. She's, she's, no. she's, she's differently abled, but she is so, Emma, she is so smart. She has so much power within her that she understands that because she's differently abled, she thinks she's being a burden onto other people. No. Oh my gosh, never. You know, and I want to be like, no, honey, it's because you're a Flores that you're here. <laughs> it's because you're a Flores is that you're over the top. Nothing to do with you being differently abled. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not it, nothing to do with what circumstances. It's because you're an Aries, girl. Girl, you're a Taurus. Like, come on. Like, who can stand that? But no, it's that's so funny. And I, what you just said about your half brother, it's like it's are the words I want to give to my sister. Who you know? By the way, again, my sister, she has petty mal seizures. She has a different perspective on the world. Mm -hmm. She has been told she has been less than her entire life, and now that she is in her forties. Again, a byproduct of being told she was less than. She sees my mom with dementia. She doesn't know how to rationalize the world. At the same time, yeah. her body is going through changes. And she doesn't understand that 
there are people who are in her corner. She's not, she's not a burden. I don't know. I'm sorry. This has become. <laughs> don't like apologize. No, don't apologize. And I think I am so grateful that you shared that with me because there are many people out there yeah. who don't realize that they are not a burden, that they are not a burden to those around them. And here's something. Someone said something really, really special to me one time, and I didn't understand it at the time. I now think of it frequently when I'm help trying to counsel or help others. They said, um, I was going through a hard time. Um, and they said to me, I was just like explaining what was going on. They said to me, Emma, what if it wasn't you? What if you weren't the problem? I thought that was really powerful because I, I can only speak for myself, but I was taught that I was a waste of oxygen. I was a waste of a life on this earth. And so my brain always thought, (laughs) my brain always thought that it was me, that I was the burden. I was the villain. I was the bad guy. And I would like, you know, I, I would like to say to my brother and your sister and anyone struggling out there, what if it wasn't you? What if we loved you? And maybe your brain's tricking you, you know? <laughs> that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> oh, no, that's beyond beautiful and so articulate. And thank you for having the tools for that. Thank you for having the tools for that. <laughs> What am I say? Look at me, I'm all red in the face. I get embarrassed, but like, you, you know, I don't got time for that. I literally don't have time. I could die at any second. A blood clot could go to my brain right this second. I think I have like four and um, I could die. So YOLO. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. But you know, it's, I think if people embodied that perspective a little bit more, by the way, it, it's whether it's a blood clot or something else, we can be gone in a second. And what Absolutely. impression, what are we leaving? What are we leaving the impression for my sister, for your brother, for the, for the person that we pass on the streets, right? Yeah. In, right. in today's world. That's the most important thing. Cause again, for the children. For the children. Okay. For the children. We have two more Polaris questions that we have. Oh my gosh. I love it. You were like lightning round and I, my answers are 15 minutes long. I'm so no. <laughs> Okay. First of all, a like my longest podcast here, our longest podcast here is like five hours. So oh, good. Me, okay, you are, okay. You good, are good, totally good. fine. I want to be respectful oh, of your time. Thank goodness, and... my time is useless. <laughs> you feel the same way about mine, or it's priceless. Either way, it has no value. Well, I like to think it's it, it has lots of value. But anyways, here's the thing. Okay, here's a question. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. I feel like uh, we have similar brains. <laughs> no, I'm like. I'm like trying to process what you just said, but also read the next question. I'm also trying to process what I said. I'm while, like, what? Uh, while still physically trying to metabolize a kelp martini that Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> served me. And I, I'm just retconning right now. Oh, did you drink it? I thought you just like mainlined it into your arm. <laughs> right Isn't that right her there, Everything, Everything's an IV for her, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, wait, here, here. What is one word to describe Polaris? Bold. She is bold. Period. Bold. Period. Bold. I love that. She's such a... I. When I first saw her in the comics, and I must have been... Gosh. I must have been like 11 or something like that. She just physically popped on the page, but also when she was when she was talking and it was a X-Men Unlimited issue. I believe it was issue 11 where she was with Alex, Scott, and Jean... And she just had this like BDE about her. <laughs> Sorry. You're right though. You're right. That's like 
that's her. She's bold. Yeah. And she always has been even in those early, earlier issues that, you know, I'm not like a hundred percent going to approve of, but like, yeah, no, I, I uh, agree wholeheartedly. And I loved you as Polaris. You were so amazing. Oh, that's really sweet. It's so funny. funny. During season two of The Gifted, they gave me bangs because we couldn't afford to um, edit out the lace from my wigs. Wait, hang on. Let me Google this really quickly. Are you Googling lace wigs? Season four. The... Yeah, Damn. and so I got bangs, and I actually appreciate it. Um, why they did it? They were they wanted to give. Um, oh, you blink- do have your bangs there. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to give bl- blink bangs, but then we were like, "Hold on!" Or somebody I don't know who said it. Maybe a producer was like, "Hold on! Why does every Asian American character have bangs? Let's not give blink yeah. bangs. That seems like a weird stereotype." Which, like, is that true? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I feel like that was the like a look. I don't know. So they gave me bangs. Um, I used to call them my soccer mom bangs. <laughs> Your soccer mom bangs. And I and now I have I literally have them now. Like I like I made fun of the bangs so much, but like I literally have, you look it, have them. Iconic in them. Thank you. I'm in my Taylor Swift era. I love it. Be in your Taylor Swift era. I am. Taylor, call me. Taylor, Taylor do you me. need an assistant? I'll I'll do it for free. <laughs> okay. One one thing I wanted to talk about, and I didn't know if we were going to have time for it, but I have to ask. I thought we had five hours. We have five hours. Okay, good. Get comfortable. Um, wrong turn. Yes. What about it? I loved it. <gasps> Thank you. I didn't I... write it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mandy, you did such a phenomenal job. Your death scene. Oh my gosh, this one. Yeah, that was yes, with your gla- you had your glasses on too when you did mm-hmm. that, right? Or, yeah. Or no, I think I had lost my glasses at oh, that point. Oh, you lost your glasses. Which it was like funny because my character was supposed to be like blind, like nearsighted, basically, like really nearsighted, and then like she loses that. her glasses, but she loses her glasses and then can see perfectly fine the rest of the film. Like what? Okay. Well, I loved the original when it came out. Oh like, my god! There was a sequel too. I don't. <laughs> There and were like seven. So we, the cast, my friend Vardon, who played Gary in the film, yeah. um, he died, the one that died first. We're really good friends. Um, he's a great artist. Check him out. Vardon Aurora, uh, only on Spotify or I don't know. Um, but he and I always joke, we call it wrong turn seven because they're, they made like six other ones. And after the second one, they basically become soft core porn. Like we tried to watch them together. We were like, oh, you're like, mm. Nope, not for us. No, thank you. But yeah, um, that was such an amazing experience. Our director, Mike, is just super freaking sick. He's just so good at what he does and such a good soul. And um, yeah, thanks for watching it. I liked it too. I think my husband and I, we watched it with our little guy who's no longer with us. Shout out to Spider Palm. But we were on our sofa in the city and we were watching. We only tuned in because you were in it. Sidebar. (laughs) What? No, That's a seat. I, well, because we loved the original with Eliza Dunsku. And so we we were like, oh, here's a revival. And I was like, no, Polaris is in it. And so you're like, oh, well, God, if Emma Dubon's on it, when then we have to see it. And we like ordered Papa John's pizza. Not my precious <gasps> moment, but I love Papa John's pizza. Papa John's, and- Papa John's call us. Papa John's sponsor an episode. Actually, Paul, are we going to make a new podcast? Are yeah. we going to host a new podcast together? Oh and it could be sponsored by Papa John's. It's I'm not be kidding. Like- would it be Papa John's and like insert whatever like we need social issues by Papa movie. sponsored by Papa John's Papa yeah. John's like right there <laughs> or in Miami we call him Padre Juan 
Are you serious? Yeah, in Miami. Padre Juan, sponsor us. Padre Juan, slide into our DMs. That was so fun. But it was such a, it was such a wonderful memory for me because our little guy wasn't doing so well, and mm -hmm. we knew all we had to do was watch a movie with you in it, but Aww. you know, a horror movie. Order our Papa John's pizza. <laughs> yeah, watch the scariest movie you can think of. You're like, and oh, we draw the circle, and it was so great. And I just, I again, in terms of revivals and stuff like that. It was good. It yeah, was really yeah. good. It was enjoyable. We loved it. It was good, basically, because they like took the original and then they threw that out, <laughs> and then they were like, "We're gonna make something totally different." And it was great. It was. I thought it was a more intellectual, more thought out version. The first one was fun. It was great entertainment, but I really enjoyed um, the new wrong turn, wrong turn seven, WT seven. <laughs> Move over, Fast and Furious. <laughs> We got wrong term seven here. No, it was really great. We enjoyed it, but wait, I have something to tell you. Tell me, but I have to tell you off mic. Okay, okay. Wait, let's see. Let let, let me ask a question that you may have to be a little bit more judicious with, uh, Christopher uh -huh. Nolan, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. <laughs> did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm laughing because because of how you prefaced the question, and what I have to say is probably not gonna be great. <laughs> I'm going to say this because I'm in my, my uh, brutal honesty era. I did not, um, it wasn't the best time for me on set. They're very strict. No, don't be. It's like it created all of their own process. And I didn't know what that was going on. <laughs> they, there are a lot of like rules, I think on set. Um, and everyone kind of seems scared a little bit. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know why Chris is cool, fine. Everyone's cool and fine, but there was just like I don't know if I don't know if it was like the pressure of the project or what, but I don't know. It was a little bit not yeah. for me. Well, I, first of all, I was like, what are these rules? Like, what's going on? I have to tell you when I so. I graduated with an English degree. I started working in book publishing. I mm -hmm. have no qualms in saying I worked at HarperCollins for a long period of time. And for most people, that would be a dream job. Like, oh my mm -hmm. God, you, you've yeah. made it. And you're like, I'm fucking miserable. Miserable. Yeah. And it's only it's not only that I'm miserable. The people around me are terrified. And I'll never forget one of my dear friends, my work wifey. I'm not going to say her name, but shout out to her. She, brilliant editor. Let me tell you, went into editorial meetings and was a voice for people who were not being published. Women, oh, women, women of color. Um, Thank you. Marginalized voices, people who this book isn't going to make a lot of money. She's like, who cares? We This, cares? this needs to be out there. But she yep. came to me once upset. And Emma, do you know why she was upset about a particular situation at work? Because she did not CC the execs in the right order. <laughs> I'm what so sorry. Is that that so, is like the craziest trauma, like BS bullshit. I yes, exactly. That. Fuck that shit. So, oh my god. When you have a work environment, whether it's a set, whether it's a bullpen, whatever, that people are terrified. Mm -hmm. To what end are you doing this? Yeah, why are we doing why, this? Why? why? Like literally, okay, I'll just say it because it did happen. I don't like, I don't know. Nobody's gonna sue me, and I don't really care if you do. I have nothing for you to take. But, like, I was told on set to not take my shoes off, my high heels off. And I was like, why? It's painful. <laughs> and they're like, it's the rule. And I'm like, 
who whose rule? Or is this just made up? Like, what is this? The absurdity That's of something so crazy. like that. Like, girl, they're high heels. Girl needs a break here. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's like, like been 10 hours. I just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's also been 10 hours. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, oh, you just showed up on set and you're, no, it's 10 hours. People... I'm like, I'm in pain. Yeah, it's weird. It we was can, a weird. We can all like do a little better if we just question some of the rules that are absolutely absolutely and, and, and to make I, life I'm, easier for other people totally and i'm not afraid to be the one who's like the weirdo because i'm sure people thought like thought i was insane for like speaking up or saying anything i probably looked like a spoiled brat i don't care because it was off-putting the experience was off-putting anyone who thinks you're a spoiled brat based off of something like that is just someone who's a fucking moron just sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> I love you. Sorry. I'm like, now you're gay. I'm like, you're bitchy gay. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, absolutely. That's a stereotype we don't perpetuate, but I appreciate that's fair. it. That's... <laughs> yes, that's fair. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But it's, for me, it's just baffling, like, how some people treat others, especially, like, absolutely, and how they perceive others for standing up for themselves. Again, it is, it's to what we were talking about, what if you're not the problem? Yep. What if it's something more than than yep. that situation? So yeah, exactly. And like, frankly, that could be said on like a grander scale. Like, if we look at the American prison system, maybe all those people aren't criminals. Maybe they're not all bad guys. Maybe there's a corporation that makes money off of the prison system. <laughs> you know, and yet we treat them like they're like the worst things. Oh my gosh, you you had this much weed in your pocket or you stole something or whatever simple non-violent crime <laughs> come on you're speaking my language right now <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you no i don't want to laugh like that because it's it's let me tell you something the conversations we're talking about first of all i love you so much we have just known each other for like an hour or two but like people need to have conversations like this Absolutely. We should not be having people in a system that someone is profiting off of having those individuals in there for what? I'm sorry, you had weed. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, you got pulled what? over. Yeah, you made a mistake. There's there's no doubt that doing yeah. some things. Something or, or whatever. Fine. But like But you don't have to incarcerate someone. It 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 baffles me the way we do the prison system here it's, gross. And it's not it's not unlike our education system when you start oh no they're all down. the same they're all the same they're all yeah. corporations and people have to understand that like the corporations like they're not nameless faceless things there are humans at the top of them oftentimes families generations upon generations who hoard wealth and hold it over every other american citizen but there are less of them than there are of us so why is that allowed i hate it <laughs> I hate it so much. Ah. Can I ask a question? You have no, a, no. Can I ask a question two hours later? I'm sorry. You know, it's so funny when I was saying that aloud. I was like, "Well, I've been talking to her for two hours. I can ask one. I can ask a question." Also, we're best friends now, so you can ask me anything. Hashtag BFFs. Where was that moment? Because you, you, you were posting this video recently, and you said something about like as an actress, you were told to be like aloof and like sort of like you couldn't be bothered with things. At what mm -hmm. point were you were like? Because you know who also said that. And I also worked on her book at, at Harper was Rose McGowan, where she was like, I was told, get my brain, put it in a drawer and then get the at, at the end of the day. But she had her aha moment. What was your aha moment where you were like, 
I think, um, honestly, like maybe just like a month ago, <laughs> I, I like genuinely, I think just recently in the past few weeks, I, I had never allowed myself or been allowed by others to be myself and through healing my, my trauma, literally the trauma from my childhood and, and my early twenties. Um, so my whole life, LOL, my entire life of abuse, healing that has opened my eyes to the truth. Like just the other day, I realized that I, um, had been sexually assaulted at work and I like never really had quite thought about that before. You know, you put it in your brain, you block it out, whatever, whatever, um, defense mechanisms or protection your brain does for you. And then I'm like, oh, wait that's really screwed up. Like I did when I was 14, I did a pregnancy lingerie shoot where they, you put a big belly on and then you're in lingerie. And I'm like, well, that's kind of creepy. Why would you have a 14 year old doing that? Um, and so, you know, it really is like PTSD, like healing where these things pop into your head. And I think finally, literally a week ago when I like decided that I wanted to be like an advocate for people or like talk about tough issues, I was like, Oh wait, I'm not an actor by choice. I was put into this industry. Like when I, I was thinking like when I was younger, I like desperately wanted to do like speech and debate. I like really like in my robotics program, I just tried to start like a robotics UN. Like I always have had a passion for this stuff, um, but I wasn't ever allowing myself or had been allowed to be myself. And so, yeah, like this week, <laughs> that's my answer, <laughs> this but it's true. Like, it's true that you like even it's down to like the clothes you wear. It's everything. Yeah. It's the clothes you wear and the makeup you put on your hair. Everything is scrutinized and everything is a brand. And when you're a brand, when you're a product, you don't get to be a human. Yeah. How is and it so, like? How is it like being yourself though? Now? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I feel it's like amazing. You've stepped into your light. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so grateful. Um for myself i'm so grateful for myself and the hard work i've done on myself because it hasn't been easy i've cried myself to sleep many a night i have um i have ptsd which i've said many times and there are moments where i get flashes and crazy things and get really really scared and um you know i'm i like see my abuser and you know whatever get the feeling that they're gonna hurt me and so that's sorry. very that's very no don't don't be sorry it's okay but i i'm doing so much better now that i like can breathe into myself and actually it's funny it's funny because here is the moment i was i was saying i don't know when the moment was but here's the actual moment here it is i have my ocd has always latched on to active shootings like my like it's called magical thinking where you think like if you do something something else will happen and i very much felt that like if i went out in public or i went to specific places that there would be an active shooting and like, I even remember one time in Atlanta, I went to a Kathy Griffin show and like, I had to leave after 10 minutes. Cause I was like, I'm going to get killed. I have to leave. <laughs> okay. Although shout out to Kathy Griffin. Yeah. yeah call us. Actually, call I messaged us. her on Instagram the other day and she messaged me back. She's <gasps> a real one. Yeah. She's really sweet. Kathy, Emma, me, you, Kathy Griffin and Papa John's. <laughs> Absolutely. Sidebar. Next Monday. Perfect. Next Monday. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. And I started to reflect on like, as I'm healing, I had a moment of clarity where I was like, well, what's my, what's my fear? What's really, what really am I scared of? You know, it's that why question we have to ask ourselves. And when I finally realized what it was, it's that I was terrified of what I would do in that situation. Cause I didn't know what I would do. Right. I was like, I have to find an exit. I have to get down. What would I do? 
And it became very, very clear to me, not what someone else would do, but what I would do. What I would do is I would obviously race as fast as I could towards the shooter. 1000% because I don't believe my life is worth more than anyone else's. And once I had that clarity of like the thing I would do, I knew that I would do that and be able to handle that specific situation, which is a very American situation. I finally felt like myself. I didn't need to have to worry. I didn't need to have to panic. I didn't need to have to be stressed out all the time. I know what I would do in a crisis and I would try to stop it. And yeah, so that was my moment, my aha moment. I love, I'm sorry, I'm absorbing what you said. So <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's so, when you realize that, it, it's so funny, I find like a lot of people don't understand their fear is actually rooted in a strength. And, totally. you know, there, there's some people who are afraid of something happening, but it's because you would know how to mm, rise yeah. to that occasion. And, you know, the idea of magical thinking, I'm a big Joan Didion stan. I'm obsessed with her, but she she wrote about magical thinking in the context of her husband, Gregory Dune, dying and how that really does take a hold on you. And you can't oh, yeah. think logically when you're trapped in this like realm of surreal thinking, magical thinking, whatever. The idea that the impossible is possible. In her case, yeah. she didn't want to throw away shoes for her dead husband because oh, he's going to need them yeah. when they come back. But I can't throw yeah. away his shoes. He's going to need his shoes when it comes back. And when she boiled it down, it was about not being able to rectify his loss. So what you're saying right now about being afraid – it was being in a public space because of a shooter, it's boiled in that idea that, you know what, you're going to lay your life on down on the line. You're going to charge yeah. that. And I think if people just ask the why a little bit more, if we ask yeah. ourselves why, what well, we're sort of trapped ourselves in, what our fears are, we can find a way out of that, that labyrinth. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And Absolutely. And difficult conversations. A hundred percent. And it doesn't matter. There is no with our house. So, yeah, the hardest conversations are with ourselves, honestly. Um, and the answer doesn't have to, like, none of us have the same answer, right? Like, if I asked someone else what they would do in an active shooting or try to get to the why, they'd be like, well, I'm the, the reason I'm terrified is because I have a little brother at home I have to take care of or whatever it is, right? Like, I'm scared of others. I think the majority of the time, we will find that those reasons for being terrified aren't even about us because i don't think humans are naturally selfish i think we are naturally selfless actually um in many in many ways and there's sort of this like survival instinct thing that we all like think is ingrained in us and i don't know if that's i don't know if that's what it is i don't know if it's our i think it's survival for the species and not our personal survival if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. You're like, no, it makes no sense. No, it makes perfect <laughs> sense because no, no. I, I, I do. I am an optimist at the end of the day. And I do believe that we are motivated by helping our fellow individual. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like our fellow yeah. person who's next door. And I like to think that when push comes to shove, you will lay down your life for another person, for another yeah. soul, for another creature yeah. on this planet. And, and and the truth is we have like we aren't we don't live in like in this country we don't see war on our soil anymore but like we know people even though it's not always the right thing they think it's the right thing but people 
will go put their lives on on the line. And that's the thing. Nobody thinks they're the villain, except for um, a very, very small percentage of people who struggle with a very specific, you know, mental health struggle that they, you know, need help. But besides that very, very tiny, 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 tiny portion of, of humans, I believe the majority of us, and actually I know the majority of us, um, think we're doing the right thing. They want, you know, people who are screaming left, right, and center, put more guns in schools, put more guns in schools, get, give every teacher a gun. It's because they think that is the solution. It's not because they are trying to hurt kids. You know, and so I agree with you completely. And maybe we're just too optimists, but why not? <laughs> why not? Why not be an optimist? Absolutely. Emma, what do you have coming down the pipeline? Where can folks engage with you? Where can they see you next? You know, I don't work. <laughs> you can catch me on my Amazon delivery route. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm an Oppenheimer, that movie that I'll yeah. probably be cut out of. Um, <laughs> and that's coming out. I don't know. It's um long. I think it's like three and a half hours long. And it's a bunch of white guys in suits. So <laughs> have fun. And yeah, have fun at the box office. I mean, no, I will say I do think it's a very important. I don't think that I don't know if this was the intention of the film, but the, the film is about the Manhattan Project. And yeah. I believe it features, um, you know, parts of the Manhattan Project that basically were like a bunch of old, like white guys went to, you know, indigenous land and decided that they were going to like do a bunch of shit to it. So I think that it is important. So actually, I take back what I said. Everyone go watch it. <laughs> go watch it right now. <laughs> Um, but I yeah, also... you can find me on Instagram at Emma Dumont, and oh, I, yeah. I check my DMs. And I, if you need help, actually, real real talk, if you need any sort of like, if you need counsel or comfort or support, message me, and I um, will do my best to see it. Well, you are such a huge advocate. I know other people in our community, in the X Men community, have slid into your DMs, and you have responded. And you've just been a wonderful human. Among them, we know Jeff from Mutant Con. Jeff. Jeff, what's up? Wait, let me message him. Let me see what he's up to. Oh my gosh, can he come in on the call? Hang on. No, I'm kidding. You want to like go eat Papa John's? No. I'm not going to take up your all night. Stop it. Let's see. I'm going to say, unless that's hot. But you're such a special human. Thank you so much. You are. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you, Familia.